If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this super duper awesome episode of the Mind is awesome. Pump. So look, for the first 44 minutes, we do our introductory fun time conversation. That's before we get into the fitness questions. Here's what we talked about. We started by talking about Adam's allergies and Justin's adrenal tumor. He had a tumor a long time ago. Yeah, it was a fun little guy. He named it Little J. Little J. Then we talk about Butcher Box and their ground beef for life promotion. You heard me right. Ground beef for life. Here's what you do. Go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump and you will get $20 off and ground beef for life. By the way, this promotion ends March 31st. Then I bring up a study on Alzheimer's with mice and how they got rid of these uh, amyloid plaques with light and sound. I know it sounds like they went to a nightclub. Uh, yeah. Maybe they did. I don't know. But the study will be in the show notes. Then we talked about how drunk drinking hot liquids may double your risk of esophageal cancer. So if you like to drink really hot tea or hot coffee, you might want to cool it off a little bit first. Then Adam brings up an article on 3D printed sushi based off of people's poop, urine, and saliva. What? We found out we know nothing about 3D printers. That makes it so appealing. Uh, and then Justin brings up how Bill and Ted is coming out with Bill and Ted Part 3. Excellent! Keanu Reeves is such a good actor. And finally, I talk about Whoa. a documentary called The Men Who Built America, Frontiersmen. It's on Amazon Prime. It's freaking awesome. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, there's another series that Adam talked about. It's about Lorena Bobbitt. You know, that's that woman that cut off her husband's wing-wing. So good. Yeah, 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 sounds terrible, but he says it's good. Uh, then we get into the fitness questions. The first fitness question was, what modifications would we recommend for people who train in the early morning, like 5 a.m., Versus in the late afternoon, like 5 p.m. Next question, do blood flow restriction bands actually work? This is actually, uh, another word for this is occlusion training. It's a relatively new tr technique that builds muscle. We give our two cents. The next question, uh, what are some accountability practices that we like to use that help keep clients motivated and on track? And finally, text them constantly. At what age do we think our sons will overtake us in physical strength. It's never going to happen, Sal. Also, uh, this month, MAPS Aesthetic is 50% off. Let, let me paint the picture for you. MAPS Aesthetic was designed for people who are focused on changing their aesthetic appearance. This is for people who have particular body parts they want to develop, other body parts they want to sculpt and shape. They want to be able to take their body and, like a sculptor, Make it look the way they want. Now, this workout is hard. There's lots of volume. This is not an easy workout, but it is very effective, especially if you're already advanced and you've got great recovery ability. Again, it's 50% off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsblack.com. Use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0. By the way, MAPS Aesthetic has been revamped, so you're going to see new videos, uh, a new look to it. If you already have MAPS Aesthetic, you've been updated for free. And if you enroll today, uh, you'll get updated for free at any with any time we update the programs. Also, if you want to check out our other MAPS programs, like our Super Bundle, which is a year of exercise programming, literally an entire year planned out for you, all set up, just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. You know what you do sometimes with your voice? What do I do? 
you talk out the side of my mouth as no, you said. No, 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 that's that's something else you do. This is another thing. That's when you're on video. Every every once in a while you go you get nasally. Every once in a while like you just think. Oh, that's that's a low blow. I have that. My allergies, man, are just are brutal. I've been brutal the last the last week again too. It's like, is it bad? Yeah. You know why? Why? Because it rained like crazy, yeah. and then the uh, sun came out. Yeah. Dude, when we, we were when I was driving uh, up to Big Sur over the bad. weekend, everything was like green as fuck. <clears throat> yeah. It was hella green. Yeah, it's like one of those commercials for Claritin. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> Claritin right. doesn't yeah. really work either, by uh, the way. Yeah. No. Yeah, cycle no, not for me. I cycle through all of them. What do you cycle through? I, I, I snort one. I take one. Wow. I'm talking about allergies. Rectally yeah. and in my mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. The okay. triple. Cover all. I call it the triple orifices. threat of allergies. You do the double uh, penetration of allergy. The, the, triple, <laughs> the triple threat. You should be a spokesman. In lieu of uh, March Madness. Do you really? You, you get terrible, huh? I do. I actually don't take the medic. I'm lying. I really don't take. Uh, I haven't taken any medication in probably about, I don't know, two months or whenever the last time I was bitching about allergies. Really bad. So I, I try never to take it until it gets like really Dude, it's those acacia trees. Those things fucking kill me. Mm. It's, it's What's funny is they, and I remember I, I was starting to piece together what it was. There was a time when I actually watched the news. I don't watch the news in a mo- anymore and haven't for a long time. You just have me now. Depressing. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Did you see that on my Q&A? That's what I, what I, I defer all, <laughs> I defer all science questions to Sal. Yeah. And so now all I'm, political things. I'm like, hey, Sal. <laughs> Shit, I even do the fitness ones now to him. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what the fuck, asshole? You're a fitness like, guy. Come on, man. You yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Like, I do, but I, I'll, I'll have I Sal cover that. I still oh, defer yeah. all no to problem. Sal. <laughs> he loves this stuff. Uh, uh, ask me a business question. I'll answer those ones. Uh, I was like, oh, you want to ask about fitness? Oh, no, no. Yeah. Sal. That's Sal's. Where's all the science fiction questions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you were saying? <laughs> well, I don't know what I... Oh, I was, <laughs> I was talking about the uh, news. They used to do... Um, they would tell you... Pollen, tree, grass, yeah. like wh- which one was high, which one was low. Like, you know, today's high if you're allergic to pollen. Or today's sure. low, you know, and so when I was following that, what I what I pieced together was I'm fucking allergic to a ton of things. It's not just like one. So like you mentioned like certain trees or whatever. Yeah. Like I, there's a lot of different things that bother me. I think I get most of them. But what I notice, and, and this is interesting is, but I haven't con- exactly connected it, is Certain ones definitely uh, affect the allergies differently. So I ha- I get the, you know, stuffy, congested, phlegmy throat where I want to spit all the time, which drives me crazy. Or mm, I get this noise a lot. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. enough. Katrina, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Katrina loves that. Does she really? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. It's a being It's right at the restaurant. Yeah. And then and then uh, another time I'll be just itchy red eyes. I don't get all of the symptoms together. I get them separate. It's really weird. I wonder if if you seeing the news report and mm. it's saying that allergies right. are gonna be bad. Yeah. Of course. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like would you what if it's like all of a sudden oh, you get a rash? Yeah, it's hella good today. Damn it. Like what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Instantly. I uh, I don't I used to never get allergies. Now I get them eh, just a little bit every once in a while. Um, I had them real bad once, and so only one time I know what it feels like to have those types of allergies. Mm. It sucks, dude. No. I used to get migraines like all the time when it, fresh cut grass and and like it used to really bother me. Like I used to like, and I don't know specifically if it was because too like back then I didn't know uh, like my blood pressure might have been a little bit higher than than normal, you know, just because of like I think that tumor I had was like there for like a long time and I just didn't realize it and just lived with it's it. It's not a tumor. It's the tumor. It's not the, the tumor. Were there any benefits headaches. to having the tumor on your adrenals? 
benefits? Yeah, like did it make you more hyped? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. are we looking at the positive side? Well, of this? I mean, you know, I mean, if did you had you, it for a long time, did you eat less? Yeah. Did you notice that when you took it off, <laughs> I you was got skinny? You it's got nice. <laughs> the tumor ate a lot of my food. <laughs> you, uh, highly suggested. Did you, did you name your tumor? <laughs> this little Justin, <laughs> little little Jay. <laughs> he just likes to eat all the fat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but no, I'm serious because. You were producing a, a lot of uh, adrenal hormones because it was a tumor on the adrenals, right? Yeah. So what I'm saying is like hmm. you were on like 24 hour a day fat burners or something. Maybe you like that. Maybe that was the case. I don't. I don't think so. Did you gain weight when you cut it off? <laughs> I became immediately addicted to stimulants. Oh, so you needed more. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, that's that's and so you're trying to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do you think you're you think you're worse with stimulants today than you were before? I do. Oh, I, I don't know if that's just because Adam feels guilty of the ramp I up feel of them. I feel less guilty now. Uh, yeah, he thinks he caused it. Do you know that? <laughs> no, I I gave him shit about that. No way, dude. That's just total. I had it there. I think it. I think what happened was you helped it to you know exaggerate it more, so I knew I had to get it out of my body. You it was already it. there anyway. Yeah, Good. exactly. Like Good. You, you helped me like find it. That's how I look at That's it. That's a I'll spin it. So I didn't give it to you. No. No, okay. you actually helped him. No, it was there, that. but it, it made it larger. Yeah. You yeah. helped him identify it. You yeah. actually saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that. All I like. I like speed, how this all is those going speed now. stacks. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That is a terrible sense of denial. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. You're like yeah. it's like an abusive relationship. <laughs> you really helped me. Yeah. I deserved uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My face hurts. Hey, no. you know what happened to? Uh, so I, <laughs> listen to this. Listen, Linda. Listen. So. I, uh, <laughs> I'm getting ready to go barbecue my, my butcher box meat in my grill, and I, I'm not able to grill. And Why? I'm, well, I open up my grill. I haven't opened it up since winter, and I have one of those like you know nice covers that you yeah. put on it. Have you guys, and this has never happened to me before, I open my grill and it's the whole, mold. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's happening. I've never had that happen before. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do? Well, we did the sous vide. I did the- I did my, uh, No, 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 no. What are you going to do about your grill? Oh, well, you gotta burn it off. Yeah, so I scrubbed the shit out of it. Then I had to, you know, I had to light it. I put it on high for like an hour. Just, yeah. just fucking and just cook, cook the shit, shit out of it. Yeah. I've already done that once. I'm probably gonna do it again. Oh, wow. it's been so wet. Yeah, I always like have to deal with. That. I have one of those Webers too, and I'm like, like I, I make sure and close it and put the cover on and everything. But still, the moisture gets in there, and like, it, dude, it's inevitable you can get that. Speaking old. Speaking of butcher box, their ground beef for life is still going, right? Isn't it still going? It Doug? ends this Ooh. month, though. When's this? This thirty first. Okay, so Dude, that's yeah. what endless Taco Tuesday. So you know, if you think about so it, so you enroll in butcher box, get your grass fed meat, you get ground beef for life, which I don't understand for how this company. Life. How does this company even do that? Well, okay. I, I don't know, dude. I hopped on the bacon when they threw that promotion out. Yeah, but so anyway, this is even better. Still going on, but yeah, I have a question for you for barbecues. You know the little uh, grills that go on the barbecue. The, yeah. What is that called? Am I saying it right? Grills? Gr that's it, right? Yeah. The, the grills that yeah, go I, on the barbecue. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. it's you called. Can grates, buy, the you, grates. Grates. You can buy mm. new ones, right? Yeah. Because I have my mine are all funky. I need new ones. Where do you yeah, get them? You can them? buy accessories. The funk is what gives the flavor. Ace Hardware, dude. Some, like I've go there. Some they have a lot of accessories. The for flavors barbecues. in the funk, bro. The flavors <laughs> in the funk. That's, is that yeah. what you tell the ladies? Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's somebody that that makes that case where like I mean I know for like the iron skillet you try and keep a certain amount of that uh, yeah, you leftover don't, you like, don't, patikia you don't, on there or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah after we we she normally lets that sit overnight and then she doesn't clean it. What did you call it? <laughs> did you use the word that Doug tried yeah. to use? No. <laughs> Come on, Doug. Patina. Back me up. I think it's Patina. Thank you. Patina. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> what, 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 what does the other one mean that I said? 
Justin, Justin's so sophisticated. I just throw that in there to see if you guys are listening. Yeah, I'm listening. No, that's called it's like seasoning, right? But a barbecue isn't like that. That's you gotta you gotta clean it. No, you let that shit. You let it. You let all the good get on there, man. Don't be afraid. You don't want mold on there, but you. Everybody's worried about carcinogens and all this. Yeah, dude. Little little leftover grease from the from the last time you grilled. That's the guy with the tumor. No, you know what? You know what they say though. They say that dude charring your. Charring your meat or the the burn parts that they're carcinogenic, but because, here's here's always my argument for that. Hmm. How the fuck did we cook meat when we were hunter gatherers right? forever? We didn't have sous vide. We fucking I'm sure we grilled the shit out of everything. Well, that just yeah. proves your point too about how much we freak out about a lot of little things. Yeah. I mean, that's shit that we've been doing forever, and that it, it, we've never been able to measure that to see how much. It's just it's again it's the splitting hairs thing that we always. Talk I think about. A, uh, we, I think we you, obsess. I think the body needs a certain level of carcinogen. Speaking of that, we're all over mm. the place. Hey, we're all over the place today. But you're, we you're are. saying shit that's popping. The, the Lane Norton post. Which one? Oh, about artificial sweeteners. He just won't let that shit go. No, of course not. Doesn't he sell supplements with artificial? <laughs> Probably. Ooh. Whoa. There's a connection. Yeah. No, I, I, honestly, though, in Lane's defense, even if he didn't sell supplements with artificial, he still would go ham. Of on course it. he does. No, he still he, would go ham. No, on the that. reason why the I like Lane is, pounds fucking monsters all the time. Yeah. The thing I like about Lane is he's got integrity for his beliefs, so he doesn't try to bullshit. But I don't like right. it when people talk about artificial sweeteners in that way because he's trying to say, oh, it's healthy for the gut microbiome, or it's not that bad because the mouse study showed that it was okay. And I'm like. Wait, we don't know, and we don't wait, even know. We don't even know a little bit about yeah, the d- microbiome. And think about it: mice, mice have been eating rat poison for fucking a hundred years. They've evolved; they got hella stronger guts than yeah. us, anyways. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know I'm saying? not sure if that's true, but yeah, you're, I, yeah, yeah, I agree with uh, it though. Adam theory. The way I look at it is, you don't think that's a, think about that. Uh, like how many mice? Every mouse has got a family member that's ate rat poison. You can't I mean, tell me that it has not I mean, some somebody survived some epigenetic link there. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, some yeah. mouse survived. Why would it? We're not working any different. I think the mice that they use in studies have been bred for a long time for be to be in studies. Mm. Really? You know yeah, I don't think they're from a lineage of natural of like uh, mice in the wil- in the wild. Well, then that's a, that makes the a study even mice. more fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Is, is it really like that? I'm pretty sure. Doug, look up have, the mice in studies. I want to see this. There's a mm. certain type of mouse mouse uh, breed, and I believe it's that the they just, it's the white ones they always use, right? Mm-hmm. With a little pink feet. Yeah. Yep. Red, no, I don't red, know. I have red no, eyes. I have no idea what color they are. <laughs> I don't know if they're if they're using you know multicultural mice. Or if they're using <laughs> yeah, like, spotted mice. Yeah, just yeah, white mice. Yeah. Laboratory mice are of usually of the species mus musculus. Oh, look at that. That's a good. Look at the, just like what I said. The white musculus. ones, red eyes, pink feet. Yeah, they're used for research in genetics, psychology, medicine, and other scientific disciplines. They belong to the. I'm not even going to say that word. Let's see. You can say that word, right? <laughs> wait, wait. You're Contoglerius. You're Contoglerius. Clad, yeah. Wow, that, that one didn't. Which roll includes off. humans. We belong to the same clad as mice. Interesting. That's What's a clad? Know. I don't even know. Part of a clad. I have, I mean, is, a, is that, is that a clad like or a clade? Uh, C L A D E. Yeah, it's not a clan. Wouldn't that be so, clade? I would say clade. It's a clade? I would say clade too, Doug. Clade. Claude. Claude, yes. If you want to be sophisticated again, <laughs> that's what you say. Speaking of mice, I got a store. I got a study on mice. Of course you do. Cool? Of course I do. You want to hear something cool? Yeah. So scientists have uh, figured out how to clear Alzheimer plaque from mice brains using only light and sound. What? what? Yeah. So they take mice 
who have Alzheimer, uh, who have symptoms of Alzheimer's and have, well, they essentially have Alzheimer's. They have the, the beta amyloid plaque buildup in the brain that we know causes the problems uh, with <coughs> Alzheimer's. And, and so what they did is they took strobe lights and low-pitched buzz to recreate brain waves lost in the disease, which in turn remove the plaque and improve cognitive function. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Side effect, they died. Yeah, yeah. no. But the <laughs> plaque is gone. Well, wow. I don't know. I think it's pretty... Well, previous studies show that bursts of ultrasound make blood vessels leaky enough to allow powerful treatments to slip in the brain. So that kind of encourages the nervous system's waste removal uh, you know, experts, the microglia, to pick up the pace. That's so, crazy, dude. Yeah, so um, so I don't know. Maybe hopefully in the future that could be like a brain treatment. Yeah, just, maybe we all to, go to a rave and you know, <laughs> cure our Alzheimer's. That didn't work for me. We went to the yeah. club in Vegas. I came out and I felt like I had Alzheimer's afterwards. Yeah. I didn't feel like I got- It had the opposite effect. Yeah, I felt like my cognition declined. <laughs> crazy. As a result of that loud music and, and thumping. But we yeah. never felt, we, did, we didn't find out about the mice if they were, if they're, uh, they have a, a study- lineage going on there or if they are random i just don't think that they're collecting mice from the wild for studies i feel like they're just breeding them and they have been breeding internally them. yeah yeah it, that would make the most sense yeah it is it yeah. would it's not, that's kind of weird though don't you think that would be different than two what do you mean yeah, it's I lot, don't, a lot it, of inbreeding <laughs> yeah. you know, for one i just i just feel like that would be a, a flawed study too because what what animal including ourselves is in a perfectly controlled environment all the time forever like that and wouldn't that wouldn't there- uh, mouse studies give us uh, ideas of what to study in humans, but you can't make a direct comparison. And do you have an idea how often that it, it, the the mouse studies are correct or it's it's low? I don't remember what the percentage is. I remember looking it up though. Oh, is it really? Yeah, low? it's not very high. Really? No. Like under 50%? Um, I believe it's under 50%. First of all, studies are hard to replicate anyway. You take human studies and you get a result and then you copy the study and then there's not wow, the same result. Wow, does that just that discredit half the bullshit that we all argue and debate over all the time? I Maybe. Here's the way I look at it with, like for example, artificial sweeteners. I'm I'm not in the belief of innocent until proven guilty. I, I, that's for, that's for our, our, our justice system. But when it comes to things you put in your body, I'm on the side of guilty. guilty until, until, I love that. Until proven innocent. No, I love that. Like, okay, here's something that we made in the lab. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume it's not good for me until it's totally proven fine and healthy and not a problem. Until then, I think I'll just have yeah. regular sugar and maybe stuff without sugar. And if I'm so, if I have such problems with food that I need to like eat something sweet that's artificially sweetened so that I lose some weight. Probably not going to be successful anyway because the, my my relationship to food is at a point where I have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not really a great strategy to begin with. You know what I'm saying? No, I think that's a that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I think we 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 totally negate the the sensation or the perception of sweet. We pretend like it's just all about the calories that come along with it, but the perception of sweetness. That does something as well. And at the very least, it'll change the perception of future sweetness. In other right. words, if I eat lots of artificial sweeteners, then I'm probably less likely to perceive natural sweetness, like in a fruit, as 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 good. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. taste is more bland or whatever. Right, because, I mean, you're not getting any nutrients paired up to, you know, that that taste of, of sweet. Well, not yeah, not only that, but it's like it's overload. That's what I'm saying. It's, I mean, oh, yeah, like yeah. One, one sweet and low packet compa- is like what compared to six or eight tablespoons of sugar yeah, or something yeah, crazy yeah. like that. Like, I mean, you're the level of sweet. And so then you take something natural. This happened to me. I I swear to God that I did not like fruit at all. Until I was thirty, 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I actually dieted and I actually got rid of all the because up and even all through fitness, even as a trainer, I allowed ice cream and candy in my diet. I just trained. I trained. I never. I was able to include IIFYM. Hence why I also I'm so fucking anti that shit because I know what it was like to live that lifestyle. Be fine. Be fit. Be okay. But I also see what it did to me. Like mm-hmm. I 100% became addicted to sugar, still have battles with it if I allow it to come back in or out of my diet. Yeah. I hated fucking fruit and vegetables. And it wasn't until I eliminated it for months consistently before I had this feeling of biting an apple and going, and now I love fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day I have some sort of fruit. There's always fruit in my refrigerator. I'm always eating fruit. Yep. And, I, and it's enjoyable as shit. It, feel, it, it feels sweet. It's, it's, it just makes me laugh because it's like, peop, it's like uh, I have to have this sweet soda every day, but I don't want the calories, so I'm going to do an artificially sweetened one. You have to ask yourself why you have to have a sweet soda every day. That's the that's the the bigger question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't I never have uh, sweet sodas every day. But if I am gonna have a sweet soda, which I will do occasionally, by the way, I may have one here and there. So I'm not demonizing it. If I do, I'll just do the real thing. And I end up I don't even like the corn syrup one. I go for the Mexican Coke, the one with the real sugar. Yeah. And I'll have that one. And okay, here we go. And I'm, I'm enjoying myself. So I just don't like the whole the whole idea around. Artificial sweeteners, but and then and then here's the other thing: they're putting all of our supplements, and these are health supplements. So now people are taking them every day, and they think this is my this oh, is good and, for me. And you're probably yeah. taking them in your coffee because I would say a good what 75, 80 percent of people sweeten their their black coffee sure. with some sort of an artificial sweetener. Sure. Now speaking of hot liquids, a study came out that got everybody up in arms, and it said that drinking hot tea doubled the risk of esophageal cancer. What? Yeah. Wow. Now, people freaked out because it said tea. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, fuck, tea. I drink tea, yeah. Tea gives me cancer. No, <laughs> it's not the tea. Uh, to, to be quite clear, it's the hot liquid that is the, that is increasing uh, people's uh, risk of cancer. Really? And, it, and this is a specific, like, people, you know how some people like things really hot? Yep. You know, versus, like, just kind of, like, a little bit past lukewarm, obviously, but... You know when you drink something real hot and it kind of burns your mouth and your throat a little yeah. bit? And it, okay. And it that, a bit of a callus there. That is what is doubling the risk of cancer. And so mm. they're saying don't drink really hot liquids. But this is nothing new. We've known this for a long time. When my, uh, you know, when, when my ex-mother-in-law got stomach cancer, I did lots of research on this. And they connected stomach cancer also with the consumption of really, really hot uh, uh, foods, temperature-wise. You know, it's crazy because you know that's got to be hard for most people to judge because you may be somebody who drinks something really, really hot. You don't even realize it because you've adapted slowly over time. That's my grandfather. Yeah. My grandfather, I swear to God, if I put, if I I, I could make pasta the the temperature of lava and he would, (laughs) it doesn't matter. When we were kids, me and my cousins used to trip out because my grandma would serve everybody their bowl of pasta and it would be just steaming hot. Like she literally just took it off the stove, steaming hot. We're all trying to eat it, but burning our mouth. And my grandfather eats his pasta like a lot of old school Italians. With both hands. He has a fork and a spoon. And then just sucks it One up. in each hand. And I'm not joking. So I'm talking about a bowl that's this big. So it's like a it's a big ass fucking mound of pasta. Like a popcorn bowl. Like a big bowl of pasta with sauce on it. And it would be three, three gulps. One, two, gone. And it would Get be gone. Out of here. And and we wow. would all laugh and because yeah. we we thought it was so funny. And I remember after doing this for years, after as I got older, I asked my grandma, I'm like, how does he? We used to tell him that he has his mouth has is lined with asbestos. We're like, how does he do that? <laughs> and my grandma said he's he he's embarrassed. He doesn't want to tell you guys why he can do that. And I said, well, you know, tell me. So she, he wasn't home one day, and she said when he was a kid, they were so poor 
that when my grandfather was, uh, I believe he was like 10 or 11, he used to have to sneak on a train. So he'd get on the top of a train or, or hang on to the side of a train, go to other towns and find work because his family was poor and he'd try and work and bring back money. And oftentimes the way that they would pay, sometimes he'd do work and they wouldn't pay him. They would just give him food. And and when they, what they would do is they'd bring out a big ass pot of hot boiling beans or pasta and he would be working with all these men. So he's an 11 year old kid, all these men around him. And if he didn't eat that shit right then and there, he was getting no food because mm-hmm. the men would eat it all. So he learned how to just scarf it down. Deal with the pain, huh? And till this day, dude, that's what he does. That's no jokes. Crazy. It's like, he goes, he goes, one, two, three, gone. And we would, <laughs> so we that, would all count. <laughs> so that, that's the scary part about information like this. Is, and I can imagine somebody who has drank tea or coffee every single day and yeah. you like it hot and you ask it hotter, hotter, hotter. I mean- and you, so you don't think it's hot to you, but that's because you have adapted over that time, and mm-hmm. you have no idea how much probably your cow calloused your freaking throat. It's is. interesting because I too, like even with soup and, and things like that, like I know uh, on certain days where I I feel like under the weather, and 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 Courtney's great about making this this homemade uh, chicken soup, but makes it like really hot, and uh, I don't know if the, I mean it's one of those things where it's like. I don't know if it's that it's really hot and it warms up my core temperature, like almost emulating like a fever or something. But like there's there's part of me that like wants to believe that, you know, the soup does help to kind of, you know, make me feel better the next day. Mm. But uh, yeah, the, the, the heat, that's the only time I like heat. I don't like like, you know, with coffee and all that. I've never gotten. Hey, you drink cold coffee. Cold. Yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah you yeah, do, huh? Yeah, only just cold. Yeah. Around I this. have I have an issue with, I'll go, I'll eat something hell hot, but that's just because I'm impatient. <laughs> if the food, the food's <laughs> yeah. sitting in front of me, I just want to eat that yeah, shit. Yeah, I know? like my food really hot. Me too. Yeah, yeah. That's Now, now spicy is another one. Spicy is different. Spicy actually has uh, uh, anti-cancer uh, effects. But man, the tolerance for for spicy food it varies. Yeah. So you guys, you guys ever meet someone who could just tolerate well, fucking spicy al- ass? Also, another thing that's got to be somewhat cultural. Too. Well, it's oh, not yeah. only that, but it's also something that increases as you age too. Yeah. Oh, totally. What does your tolerance for? Yeah, it? your yeah, tolerance. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. It. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you become it's your taste buds. Yeah. Kind of, oh, yeah. You ever give a little? Kid I'm, I'm already. Spicy? I'm already yeah. someone like that. I remember as a kid. I remember watching my stepfather put red peppers on his pizza. And I remember thinking, like, "Oh my you're god, you're crazy! Yeah, you're crazy. That would burn my mouth, and it would, and the amount that he put on there. Oh, I love it now. That that's how I do it. That's yeah. me with Tabasco I'd, on. But like I would have never, burrito. I would have never yeah. done that as a kid for sure. And I didn't like, and it would have burned my mouth. But and I could pour them on now. Well, like a child's palate is much more sensitive to things that aren't sweet. And it's probably because they're more susceptible to you know being to dying from eating things that may not be a hundred percent clean or whatever. And in nature, if something's sweet. It, you, that usually means it's safe to eat. If it's if it's bitter, or if it tastes you know anything other than sweet, it's you have to be more careful. Yeah. It's probably why. But uh, my buddy who's Indian, and Indians eat fucking. Oh, there's a lot of spices. Oh, so, dude! Some culture. parts of India eat food so spicy it, it doesn't make any sense at all in my brain. It makes no sense. <laughs> he took me to an Indian restaurant in Los Gatos. And uh, he goes and he takes me in the back because he sees he knows the cooks back there and they're these Indian you know like they're legit from there, and he starts talking to them, and they all start laughing and he's laughing with them and then we leave and I'm like what did you tell them? And he goes I told them to make this fucking spicy. I'm like oh man I'm like I love spicy food. He goes no I told them to make it spicy like the way we like it like I want it to hurt my mouth. So I'm like ah I like spicy food let's let's go ahead and enjoy this. Bro, they bring it out. And first of all, it was so spicy that it was like paste. Whatever the, the, the this curry was on it, yeah. it was like thick paste because of whatever they put in it. 
Bro, I touched that shit to my lips and I got an asthma attack. It was so <laughs> it was so hot, it made no sense to me. Dude, that was like the first time I had was it wasabi and I put the, I ate like way too much of it and man, my I, I was like my eyes were watering, like my nose was running, like I I did not react. Have you well guys to that. have you guys seen the the YouTube show that does the hot wings it's called uh, oh yeah hot ones yes i love that i show. didn't even know that it existed oh, what an you asshole didn't? it's like oh, two years old right isn't it like, there's that is so, it's such a great show oh it's watching good people. it's really good it looks painful as hell yeah they sell apparently there's this potato this uh corn chip i think it is that you can order online and they'll send you just one and apparently it's it's the hottest chip in the world have you guys seen videos of these people eating them no, no. yeah and so people will, like they'll eat it on youtube and then it's it, apparently it's terrible and there's a part of me that wants to try <laughs> yeah i'm not that good with no I, I can't i can't handle that much yeah i know my limits dude and it's yeah i'm pretty i get my I'm ass kicked tame. at any of those those hot wing places that have like levels you know uh -huh. some of those hot wing places they'll have like you know seven levels of it or whatever what's and, that one place in san jose where if you could eat a, yeah there's a dish a, what's it called it's right over by the university it's over by um yeah santa clara is it like, called the 911 challenge you or something is that, is is that cluck, i think it I think is cluck, cluck you yeah. yeah and then it's like the night isn't they call it the 911 challenge or something I forget what the challenge is, but uh, I know you. If you have, you have to go all the way through, it you have to sign that. a liability waiver. <laughs> you do before you eat the freaking wing. Yeah, dude. well, I'm sure somebody's have a heart attack. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, hey, speaking of food and restaurants like that, did you guys see the sushi, the 3D sushi thing? So explain this to me. Okay. I did see this. But what this is, is brilliant. Super cool. This is brilliant. So uh, I, I forget when it launches, but they do kind of like how Everlywell does the saliva or blood test. So they 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 test you like that before you come in, and you and what they they find out what nutrients your body's lacking in, and then they make custom rolls to support uh, that through so your saliva test. They have saliva, blood, and I forget what the other one, and urine. So you poop. go in there and you they they hold on a second. You're going to the restaurant. And they're like, did you bring your poop? Okay, so yeah. I don't know. No, I doubt it's like that. It's probably yeah. like mm. you probably have to send it in. Before time, ahead of time, and then you would come in, I would imagine. I doubt it obviously wouldn't be able to happen that fast, right? So right. I'm going to read it here. It says, the Japanese company Open Meals is turning the idea on its head in the name. Okay, so what they're doing is they're saliva, urine, and stool. Yeah. Oh, stool they, too. Yeah, oh. and, then, and then Open Meals will create a 3D printed sushi that's tailored to each diner. How do they 3D print fish? I don't think they 3D print the fish, do they? Uh, this is weird. What are they 3D printing? Sushi cubes. I have no idea what this means. That's mm. weird. Well, yeah, maybe it just cuts it up or something. You know, here's it's all. This is a total. Um, what's the word? Fad. Because we don't know nearly enough about the microbiome <laughs> to start like making or 3D printers. Apparently, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. they could say whatever. We just you know, there's some wizard back there that does all this, and then boom, it's it's matched perfectly know. to you. I, yeah, I like, don't know. Oh wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you're like, we don't know enough about the gut. I'm with Justin. We don't yeah. know about 3D printers. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I don't know any of the intricacies involved. With they that. bring your sushi out and it looks like yeah. poop. Like this is what it came up with. We don't know. Yeah. The computer came up with this. Oh, I saw. Of a bitch, dude. Design. You guys know that they're coming out with a new Bill and Ted's what three? They've been working on this for years. Are dude. they both in? Is Keanu Reeves and whatever they got? Yeah, in? Alex, I forget his last name, but uh, yeah, the guy he was also on Lost Boys and all yeah. that. So, yeah, the original guys are in it, and uh, the guy, the director, um, I guess it's the same director, but also like the guys that wrote the series. So, it'll be interesting because that's one of those that was like kind of a cult classic, but. 
you know how that goes when it's like years later. I don't I don't really know like a franchise like that that like hit it when they're like old. Well, one well, of the first this, of, this is what happens, dude. I, I can't wait to watch this, but I watched the old Bill and Ted the other day with my kid. Dude, isn't it so great? Oh, yeah. Do you know what they say I a know, lot? Yes. You know what they say a the, lot on the there? The F word. Yeah, not the F word fuck. Not but like that one. Like, but, yeah. you know, the, you know, the, uh, the disparaging Like they hug film. each other, then they say it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> oh, that, it's amazing. And since that movie started, you know, that old movie, that word has now become total, total. Like, you can't. Yeah. So I wonder what they're going to say now. <laughs> I don't know. Dork. Yeah, or something I'm like, like that. so lame. They're all old now. They are. This yeah. is going to be an interesting, interesting uh, show. Did you guys like the second one too? You know, I didn't like it as much, but there was like classic lines in that too, like where, you know, so they were like with death the whole time and they're talking shit to death, which I thought was kind of funny. And <laughs> they had the, the evil Bill and Ted robots and is it just, dick, I, don't rem- I don't remember any you don't remember of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything. They go in the phone good. booth. Remember the phone booth? <laughs> it takes oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember that. I remember what are they going to do now? Use a cell phone? Yeah, I, I have no idea. That apparently, you <laughs> yeah, know, their it, one song, the premise is they have one song, obviously, that's going to save the entire universe. Like, So that's the <laughs> thing. And they got all these like musicians lined up, like famous musicians that are going to appear in this. So who knows how this is going to be like. But this is what, this is what happens, right? I mean, it, you, can't, you can't redo Bill and Ted's, like, Five years or ten years later, you have to wait like the twenty year plus mark, right? Yeah. For that, for for a whole An entirely new culture. Yeah, right. So then, it, and and then it'll be new to them, and it could be absolutely. It'll probably be absolutely funny, and then we'll be like the old parents to go like, oh, it's not like the original one's totally lame. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I want I want to like it, so that's where I'm at. Because I love that, I love those guys. That's normally what happens. If they, they remade Bill and Ted today, because they're not remade, is part three. But if they remade it today, it would end, they'd end up making it two girls, is what they do, because that's what they're doing. To all they the do old that to everything. Yeah. yeah I know. Like, oh, we're gonna make it with girls now and it's like okay well, yeah, uh, that, well, is that true what, well, Ghostbusters that's and, one example yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it's one yeah. example I'm still mad about that one that's I, all. I can see, it's like that's the only one I can think of yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know they that. were all funny like comedians and everything that just was kind of a flop. no they did another one wasn't there uh, well, another that's the only one I remember that's the first one that came to my yes. mind when you said that's the only one that came to my mind no there was another one I'll remember <laughs> there's, two, there's two movies yeah. they remade with chicks <laughs> Always do it though. They, oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Susan and Karen, or <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Instead of Bill and Ted. No, yeah. no, uh, it's Bill and Ted. Uh, Keanu Reeves is—is is it just me, or does he play the same character? He is—he is a stoner surfer in every movie, bro. But he kills it every time. He's you know, like, stoner you, surfer. Tell me you movie. don't like him in every single movie. I love they, a lot of his I movies. He's guy. a terrible actor. No, he, yeah, but I love a lot of his movies. He's a terrible. The actor. The only yes. movie that he did was perfect in was Matrix. He was Neo, hundred percent. Because he. He said five lines. Whoa. Exactly. Yeah, he said five lines in that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he still is a stoner surfer in that, though. He is. He is yeah. He's point break in every movie. Yes, I was just going to say. Yes, he's point break. That movie is classic and epic, and he's a surfer in it, and it, so it fits. I really Yeah, but believe- what's the latest one where they killed his dog, and then he went on a rampage and just destroyed everybody? I never Fucking watched that badass movie. Mo- oh, are you kidding me, dude? dude I, okay. I hate that I don't remember the name. I but know. I'll give you the name. There's it's, two. There is. And, and it is uh, It is a good action movie. It's just pure action. Yeah. I heard the fight scenes were That's it. Amazing. It's, just, it's, it's just, sick. Just for that, it's good. But again, why you like The Matrix? Because there was a lot of cool, like revolutionary like he's been fight in, scenes. He's been shit. in great movies. He's never yeah. did an- Speed. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> Uh, Another uh, eight lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's right. Speed. That's Whoa, right. We gotta, you know, <laughs> take over the bus. We can't go. Yeah. yeah, we can't go over yeah. fifty-one miles. And it was a fifty-one. I'm gonna save everybody. Anyway, yeah. dude, you know what documentary I've been uh, I've been watching? What? What? 
Uh, it's called. Let me see what it's called. Doug, did you write it down? For John me? Wick. That's what it was. Oh, called. Yeah. John yes. Wick. John Wick. I heard it was. You I, have to see. I heard it. the fight scenes. You're were gonna really good fucking like it. Yeah, it's trust good. me. Am I? You're. It, it's like. Uh, it, it's like Rocky. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, you're watching it for the the action in it. You what, know what you're going to get. Well, there's he, one he kicks scene. Ass. What's the, the one where all the guy, all the old '80s uh, all guys get back? Oh, uh, Expendables. Expendables. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like that. You know what? You know you, you have some of the worst actors all getting together, but some of the baddest action figures. Yeah, I, like I, I just don't like seeing worse. Uh, no, I saw one scene from John Wick <laughs> where he's fighting someone, and the jujitsu and judo moves that he does in the fight are actually really good. And oftentimes when you see fight scenes, it's a bunch of, they don't put grappling moves in there too much because it's hard to make them look as cool. Yeah. But he did some really good ones, and I think it's from John Wick. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So the documentary I'm watching right now is called The Men Who Built America, and it's about the frontiersmen. And I've only watched the first episode, uh, which talked about Daniel Boone. Davy, oh, Davy Crockett. You guys got to watch it. It's crazy. What? Those motherfuckers were crazy. Yeah, they were crazy, bro. You know what this guy did? Everybody Back in, the, in the Wild West was crazy, bro. They're going out into like they don't know where they're going, just to start their own settlements or whatever in the middle of Native American land. So they're constantly being attacked and fighting or whatever. The Shawnee Indians kidnap his daughter while they're out there because oh, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, they're yeah. in these other people's land. You know what right, I mean? Right, so right. whatever. They kidnap his daughter. He hikes out there and tracks them. Because his daughter left pieces of her clothing to, to track them. He finds them, ambushes them, kills them, takes her back. Then they he goes out one day with his with his men. They get kidnapped. He gets taken like 300 miles to another village or whatever. Escapes again. Runs back to his uh, his outpost or whatever. And outpaces the, 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 the Native Americans that were chasing him. And then the, the, the Shawnee Indians attack them. Uh, because the British told them to. They were working together, whatever. And they had this huge war that, that lasted like... And it was part of the Revolutionary War. I had no idea. I had no idea that there was like a Western front to the Revolutionary War mm. where the, the, the Shawnee Indians were trying to take out these outposts. Uh, outposts and uh, it lasted like 11 <laughs> days. Yeah, Freudian yeah, slip. <laughs> like that? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you see, we're all trying to take out them. <laughs> Daniel Poon. <laughs> Taking out them outposts. <laughs> but these, these, these fucking dudes were... Tough, dude. Uh, how great is it? That's the docuseries you watch. You know what? You know docuseries. That sounds I'm fast. Right I'm gonna watch that. So, bro, so these guys were so yeah. makes you feel like the biggest wimp of all time to see no, what rad. these men and women did just to live and survive. It's yeah. they had to stay behind their 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 fort or whatever for like eleven. It was like an eleven day siege where the the Shawnees would come and attack and they'd fire back and they only had forty men. There were three hundred. Indians attacking them. Yeah. Eleven days, they had to stay in there and fight them the whole time. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, what, what do you watch? Live. What did you watch? So uh, my docu series I'm watching right now is uh, the Lor Lorena Bobbitt. What? There's a whole series on that, bro. What? She, she just cut his dick off. No, it's, yeah. it's it's. You I mean, she like threw it in the freeway, right? Like, yeah, but again, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the yeah, Waco. Get rid of this. It reminds me of the Waco story. Where you get, they're doing a really good job. The, yeah. I, you know, kudos to. Was this a Lifetime special? No, it's on. Uh, <laughs> I think it's on Prime. I think Prime's yeah. got it. I think Prime's yeah. got it. I'll I'll double check that tonight. I've watched. You wronged me. <laughs> yeah, I've watched the first two episodes. There, I think it's like a a six part. Did you hear what happened when you threw it on the freeway? Let's so hear your dad. Was, let's hear your dad joke. Let's right? hear your dad uh, joke. No, I know it's coming. No, no, no. You no. almost got me. This yeah. is the part people don't know about. She right. was driving. Yeah. Okay. yeah. She. Obviously had cut off her husband's dick. She yeah. throws it out the window. It lands on the windshield of another car. Okay. The driver of the car was a father and his little girl who's taking her to school. So the little girl's like, 
and so the dad sees the dick hit the windshield, freaks out. He hits, he turns on the windshield wipers, rip, and it pulls it off the windshield. And he was real like, oh fuck, what do I say my, t- say to my daughter? And so the little girl's like, daddy, what was that on the window? And the dad goes, that was just a bug. And she goes, well, he had a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. I knew he was gonna do some uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined us, man. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you gotta watch the series though. It's, oh, really, yeah, it's, it's really it's sounds really, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> you had me reeled in bad, dude. I was reeled in. Even knowing I knew there was a punchline coming, I because I saw the fucking thing. I know uh, it was I still got real. You watched oh, the whole documentary, not watch the whole thing, but that, that, it, we've gotten to that part already, so yeah. we know what happened. So did she? Did she justify? Did, she, did he? Do you think she did a good? Like she should have cut his dick. So off? I where I don't know because he raped her, right? No, yeah, what? but it's imagine watching the first two episodes of Waco, where you would your stance would be. Right now, I'm just what I'm. There's more to the story, right? Yeah, like then, yeah. like this. What we I I was under the impression that he. You know, he beat her, raped her, and this was her, you know, paying back revenge or right revenge on him, and that was kind. Of, and then she threw it, and like that's kind of like the vague story that always. But there's a lot more backstory, and what I'm being told right now. So I don't know how far. I don't want to ruin it for people, but let, it's definitely not what I was hearing on the wow. news. So I I find that fascinating. How do you sneak up on a man enough to get to be able to cut off? You know what I'm saying? Like he's probably a, he has to be a deep sleeper. No, he was awake. She was like she was like fondling him and stuff. Oh, so she oh. planned it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Bro. yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. She she planned it. She That's was she move. was fondling him. <laughs> Stretched it out. <laughs> well, if she, if yeah. She, if he raped her, he deserved it. That's yeah, my, but that's I, my opinion. Yeah, I don't think he did though. Oh no. Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh, that's what the documentary. Yeah, said. yeah. No, no. That's that's where uh, that they're leading you to believe where I'm at right now. That there's a lot more to the story, and it's it's like I said, it's it's fucking fascinating as shit. Wow. Well, again, it reminds me of uh, as a kid because these are stories that came out when we were kids. I was ninety ninety three. So that, what are we? I'm uh. So, uh, so, you're like a, you're like an eighth, six, six I'm or like seventh grade. grade. I'm sixth or seventh yeah, grade. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sixth or seventh grade, and I it's a sixth grade. Sixth. Oh, you grade. pay attention to that yeah, kind of news. I totally remember that. I remember us making jokes about it. I remember it being big news for quite some time, and talked about all through school. You know, he I made, remember so, he made a porn uh, after that. They yes, sewed yeah. it back on. He made so, a porn. So yeah. do I. So I remember. All, that's I think all, I even watched it. I re- <laughs> wow. You guys didn't. Come on. Well, you're the penis drawer. Of course you did. I just want to see what it looked like. You need inspiration. Penis. Hey, you know it's funny. I bet you part of the you, we tease you about that, but I bet you that was around that time when you were doing it. I mean that that was big news. That was that made world news. You I know? know, yeah, dude. So it's it's interesting to watch some of these stories that I were very memorable for me as a kid, and then to go back and then and kind of watch them put it all together to see both sides of the story and how the news unfolded and what happened in court. And That's got to be. How, how do you not bleed to death? Uh, that is such a, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's he clamped it off right away. He clamped it off right away, and he had. A, I think his brother was in town, knocked on the door next door. He rushed him to the hospital. And then they found the dick in the road. The funniest we all part, had like a simultaneous f- crossing of legs. I will give you. Yeah, I will give you. That's funny you say that because they talk about this in the documentary. Like the whole day, like so. This was like so crazy. Nobody has ever heard this. So the part that was, I think, the most comical or crazy when I was first watching it is right away it opens up to like the nine one one call. And 
all the communication back and forth between the police, the fire department, the ambulance, nobody's nobody wants to say penis on air because up until that point, nobody had ever said the word penis like on over the radio. <laughs> it's like not in newspaper print. People tripped yeah. out when they had to print it. Mm-hmm. Is it like vagina had been introduced, but yeah. penis had not been introduced wow. into our, our news network. What were they saying? Like phallus? The or organ, yeah. The, like a man's- The massive organ. Yeah, there is his organ. It was really funny, and you hear all these, all of them having running into the same issue. Like, yeah, I'm reporting over here, but then I know it's being picked up by it's on radio. So we got to be careful. Yeah, we got to be careful what's being said. And so, and they're like, but we got to explain the severity of this. Like, yeah, yeah, so they don't just think a little, a little thing got cut. Like, this is a big deal, right? So. They they get they go all into that. That part was kind of comical to see that all happen. And yeah, the same thing crazy. went from they printed the story the first time. Oh, they, wow. they were all this is the first. What is time. this on Amazon? I think it's uh, I think it's Amazon Prime. I'm pretty mm. sure. I'll double check tonight. Well, her, their name is I'm, now. I'm sure it's their name is yeah. notorious now. Bobbit. You can even say like, oh, she bobbitted him or whatever. Oh, yeah. dude, shirts yeah, were totally. made. Shirts were made over it. I mean, it gets into all that. Yeah, stuff she became too. a little bit of a folk hero for for women because she said that you know he raped big her and- time. So get into wow. that also. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep spoiling this doc. I've only watched like they said the first two episodes and they get into all of this stuff, but it set off a trend. Of men of dick cutting, yes. Yeah. Somebody else mentioned this like nostalgia, like it, you know, is like really like what's going like popular right now, like the OJ trial, like right. all these like you know Waco, like you, you notice that like all these like major news events yeah. that we sort of briefly remember are like that's what everybody's paying attention well, to right now. Think about it. Think about what Donald Trump's mantra has been for the last four years. Mm. So this whole fake news thing, it's your what great stories to oh, tell. That's a good point. Yeah, no, think about it. All those stories were manipulated by the media one way or the other, right? Yep. You could argue either way. And so getting to see a whole documented series with interviews of people that were actually there and, and get, allows you as a- I could have done without the Michael Jackson one. Thank you, though. Right? Yeah, I heard but, that was terrible. But don't you feel like that's what all this is? It's like a lot. Of, the reason why that's probably so popular mm-hmm. is because fake news has been this mantra for the last four or five years. And now we're getting these stories that as kids, I remember hearing about in the news. Imagine if you're like somebody who is in this terrible news cycle. You did something horrible or something happened to you. Everybody knows you. 30 years later, you're like, fuck. Finally, like nobody, oh, yeah. no, nobody remembers. It's like, like yeah. I had, yeah, and, then, and then fucking Prime, Prime does a documentary. Ah, no, <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> All the dirt. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine they're getting paid though. You think so? Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're in that documentary, especially if you're somebody who would, it would be that like. What a dumb decision for him to do a porn that only kind of makes him look like a like a like a scumbag. You know what I mean? It kind may, of maybe. Kind they, of. They, yeah. Okay, so again, this is stuff that I remember too. I mean, he's they probably said like any women wanted to work, you know, so he's got to show it works. Yeah, apparently. I, he's. I remember reading an article. He said something like it's bigger now, or something stupid like that. Yeah. What? Right. How's that happen? Yeah. No, I'm interested to see the rest of it. Oh, also we have the uh, the the what is it the testimonial uh, page, right? Uh, we're gonna do something a little bit different. This will be this will be fun, man. We're gonna interact with the audience, and the goal is to to choose one. We don't know the cadence yet if we're gonna do one a week, one a month, or whatever. But we're gonna do this call in line where you can call in and and leave leave a review on any of the maps programs. You so what, so what you do is you you go to mindpumpstory.com. You, there's a survey, so just complete that, submit it. And then you're going to get a toll-free number, and you can leave your testimonial on how your body has responded uh, to maps, how, your progress, what how it worked for you. And it's a three minutes, three minutes long, so you just leave us a testimonial. And then what we'll do is we'll go through, 
Um, and the ones that really strike us uh, will will play. We'll play on the show. And I believe Taylor set up the survey to where it ha- kind of helps guide you in like what what we're looking for from you, like what your goals were or things like that. So those that are wondering, like, well, what the hell am I going to say for three minutes? It's, it kind of gives you an idea of what we're looking for. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll we'll end up playing it on air, hopefully. Yeah, we want to hear your, your story, and we want to hear your voice. Um, but it was mindpumpstory.com. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Derek NG84. What modifications to training or programming would you recommend for training early morning versus training late afternoon? Um, I don't know if I would do any mods for the training, um, but I would definitely uh, maybe look at my nutrition uh, before my workouts. I know when I work out at 5 a.m., it's fasted. I just don't have time to eat before my workout, unless I want to eat right before my workout, which isn't a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I work out in the afternoon, I typically am fed, and I'm not going to lie. I've been working out, you know, f- 6 a.m., 5 a.m. now for a long time. It's been now at least a few years, and I've done it long enough to where my body's acclimated, but it still is not the same. My 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 PM workouts, I'm yeah. stronger. I have more energy, more drive. Um, the benefit to the AM workout though, is that, uh, I feel good afterwards. Right. Well, it sets, sets up your, your day. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's the, the main benefit is just the way that the effects of it for the rest of your day and how you can sort of be productive and, uh, feel like you, uh, have energy and like, it's, it really energizes me if I can be disciplined about working out in the morning, but I much prefer working out later just because of the fact I know, uh, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to feel like, uh, I can, I can do more at that point. So I, so. I train this morning at 6 a.m., right? So that, that's early for me. I don't normally train that early in the morning. I'm like Sal. Uh, I'm not going to get up at 4 o'clock and have a big breakfast so I so it's ready to use by 6, right? So I, And eating a big breakfast a half hour or even an hour sometimes is not enough time to get it fully digested before I'd want to get a lift in. So uh, I typically will lean towards, if I'm going to be training early in the morning like that, I'm going to lean towards my workouts that I'm not trying to get after it. Like... I'm not squatting and deadlifting in the morning. I just don't. I mean, that's if I'm, I'm going to go do a bro workout or I'm doing kind of isolation stuff, stuff that does not require, I'm not looking to get after it really mm-hmm. hard. I'm, I can go in there and get a good, that's not saying I'm not getting a good workout. I can still get a very good workout off of doing buys and tries and shoulders and isolation exercises or like what I did this morning, swimming. I could still have a good swim, but. You know, if I if I'm bouncing back and forth from sometimes night, sometimes morning, and then I'm trying to how do I set myself up? I'm choosing the and th- this could be the opposite for you too, though. You could be the opposite of us, and your 5 a.m. workouts you could feel amazing. Like some people are like that. Like I don't feel strong in the morning time at all. No, it's it, um, I will say this: if you do work out early in the morning, you really have to make an emphasis on going to bed on time. This becomes a much bigger deal. Than when you work out in the afternoon, um, it, it just it just does. So I always make sure if I'm going to work out at five, I make sure I get a full eight hours of sleep, and I treat my sleep um, even more importantly than I normally would with my with my night routine and stuff like that. Here's something else that's helped me a lot, and I'm actually getting a lot of messages now from people who are trying this and are seeing that it works for them too. 
That alarm clock that I told you guys about a while ago. I just yeah, ordered yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Game changer. You just ordered one? You just ordered it. We ordered yeah. it yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Katrina asked me about it yesterday. Yep. Um, it's game changer. And what it is, it's an alarm clock that rather than waking you up with a or whatever, it just it's sl- it slowly starts to glow and it mimics a rising sun. So if I set my alarm to wake me up at 6, at about 5.45, the low glow starts to come up very, very slowly. Now, by the time it hits 6 o'clock, it's full brightness, and I have like light, uh, like bird sounds that are chirping. But it almost never gets to six o'clock. It always, I almost always wake up about five or ten minutes after the light starts to come on, and I wake up like you know how you wake up on your own naturally when you wake up in the morning. So if you don't have an alarm, what do you just wake up? Na- That's how I wake up every single time. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm being woken up. Makes a difference with my morning workouts because if I work, if I wake wake up in the morning abruptly with my alarm. Um, and then I go do my workout. I, it's like I feel like I'm dragging ass. Yeah, like I'm dragging yeah. ass. Yeah. So that makes a big difference. I also typically will need uh, stimulant in the morning to work out. Where in the afternoon, I like having a stimulant before I work out as well, but I don't need it. I'm the same way. Like I do in the morning. Like if I'm going to work out at 6 a.m. and I don't have caffeine, that's going to suck. Oh, man. That is a tough. Uh, Good you know, luck. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the benefit of it, though. I love having a nice breakfast after a hard workout mm-hmm. in the morning. Feels good. I don't feel bogged down. And then the energy for the rest of the day seems to be pretty good. But you're right, Adam. When it comes to like heavy squats and deadlifts and stuff like that, I mean, I do them. But if I had, an, if I had like a mix of times yeah. where some workouts are 5 a.m. and some workouts are 5 p.m., I would save the heavy hard you know shit especially the lower body stuff uh for the afternoon um because i just get more i get more nauseous and tired so fast and we're making a we're making a general statement right now that could very well be the opposite for some other people like there's just some people i know that are all spry in the morning and they just yeah wasn't there some study about like 7 a.m 1 p.m and or yeah 1 p.m and 7 p.m we just talked to somebody yeah i think it was max maybe um but they were trying to like identify what was the best time for like the most optimal time for your body to respond to you know exercise and working out and i think it 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 it, it said 7 a.m was like the most preferred but uh 1 p.m had the most uh the best performance best performance yeah which made sense to me ideal the perfect time for me to work out if i had if i can construct my day um just around my workout would be around it would be around noon or one. Yeah, one. To That's thir- my one sweet to spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One to three, I love. Mm-hmm. Anything later than three tends to get my my adrenaline. I have, a, especially if I got a really good workout, has a hard time coming down for me to sleep. So sure. if I do like four o'clock or beyond, fucks up my sleep. Uh, anything earlier, I don't feel like I got enough gas in the tank. But man, I hit somewhere between that noon to three range right there, and yeah. it's night and day. Now, difference. do you guys think that? Uh, well, I guess we read the studies that say that one p.m. is best performance for most people but i wonder if part of that is because the three of us have worked so long in fitness that the dead time is always right there yeah we've also tra- yeah, worked out that way yeah you know what i'm saying that's like, i train most of my i train most of my career and although i have had definitely bouts of all over the place like i was a consistent for a while as a 5 6 a.m guy i was consistent for a while as a mm-hmm. 10 p.m guy even mm-hmm. like so i've done you know, but the majority of it. But yeah, but the because I but I think that's because I kind of fell in love with that. I found that, and here you know what's funny. What I found is I'm the most consistent mm-hmm. with that time. Yeah, I like my workouts too. the most. I'm the most consistent. Yeah, with I that. like that time. Yeah, that's the thing. I've and you I've tried multiple like times too. Like five, six, seven a.m. was you know I, I really tried to make it happen and was consistent with it, but it just it never felt the way I felt when I 
kept to like 1, 2 p.m. Well, I, I, you know, today, right? So I, I swam today. I got incredible sleep last night. We were in bed by like 10. And I've been noticing, you to your point of the alarm clock, making sure my room is really blacked out. Sometimes I can allow my uh, my blinds from the other hallway, with the, the, the street lights kind of coming in through the window and I can see it or we have a nightlight out in the hallway when you walk and that glowing comes in there and so so when I take the time to actually make sure everything's blocked blacked out I and get to bed early I'll sleep like I'll sleep hard so I got great night's sleep uh had a great swim this this morning the problem is though and I felt I felt all of it but I'm I'm already starting to feel coming down like I'm starting mm. I'm tired like I could, oh, I could go home take a nap right now that mm-hmm. sounds so good that's what I don't like about the morning. It affects me like oh, that. Oh, like midday? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get tired midday. Yeah, midday I'm tired. Mm. That's why right. I, That's why I used to love the afternoon workout. And it also uh, would break up my day. So I'd train clients in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'd usually start work at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. I'd train clients till noon. Then I'd have a break till 3. Yep. And I'd do my workout and I'd have time afterwards to eat and go for a walk and do my paperwork. And then I'd train again from 3 till usually 7 or 8 p.m. And I just I was very productive that way. Um, that would be ideal. But yeah, if you work out early, early in the morning, you got to give it time. You will start to acclimate. You'll get better at it. I don't know if you'll ever be as good as your favorite time to work out, but it does get better. Next question is from Bear Bowen. Do BFR bands actually work? We haven't talked about blood flow restriction in a long time. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, We have a guide. A lot of people don't know this. We Mm -hmm. have a blood flow restriction guide or occlusion training guide uh, on our website. Um, and the reason why we made a guide is because if you do it right, it definitely works for mm-hmm. 100%. This is one of the few single weird techniques that I've learned in the last 10 years that is actually legit. It has some substance to it. Yes. And so basically the way it works is, and I'll use the arms as an example, is you'll use knee wraps or BFR bands they now make, and you kind of tie off your upper arm up by where your armpit is or where your arm meets your shoulder. And you tie it off tight enough to where it starts to restrict uh, blood flow coming uh, out of the muscle. Now, you don't want to tie it so tight that it makes your hand numb. That's too tight. But tight enough to where you can feel some pressure in your arm and your hand because of the blood flow restriction. And then what you do is you go and you do a few sets of lightweight in your arms with a relatively short rest period. And what ends up happening is because the blood pulls into the muscle and it can't come out like it normally does, you have this pooling of waste in the muscle. And the burn that you get from doing this is it's the most unreal burn (laughs) you'll ever get. And the pump you get from this is insane. And you can't use very heavy weight. Like if I do curls with this, <laughs> it's 20%. It's like, supposed yeah. to be 20% of your your load. And it sh- should be so light because the very first set, you're supposed the protocol, like the, I mean, the is, and you could play with this, but oh, they, I think they've done enough. And I remember Lane had shared information on the, the studies that they did. The protocol should fall something like this 30 repetitions for set one, 15 seconds rest. And then you go 15, 15, 15, 15, 15. So five total sets, 15-second rest periods in between. First set is 30 and 15. And it should be a weight that you can do all the way through that. And you'll see if you – that's always an indicator that you chose a weight. Because I'm saying – we're saying a number like 20%, right? But the fuck is 20% to everybody? Yeah. Like You should be able to grab a weight that's so light – that do the math right there. You know how many how many repetitions you're gonna do with hardly any rest. It's gonna have to be super light. And when that waist buildup kicks in, you lose your strength yeah. quick. Like by the third set, ten pound dumbbells feel like they're fifty pounds. Right. And I can barely curl them, and the pump gets so intense. 
Uh, it's insane. And so the, the reason why this works is because it signals muscle growth not through damage or through heavy mechanical stress. Like high, it's just like how we would if we were getting a pump in hypertrophy phase. Why? Right. Yeah, you're just right. But to it to the tenth degree, right. it, it signals it through waste buildup, and it sends all these signals to build muscle. Now, can you compare building muscle with occlusion or or BFR training to traditional training? No, not the same. You can't replace it. But you want to do it in in in, in addition to. Now I use this pretty consistently when uh, when we first started the Mind Pump podcast, where Adam and I were going through this period of uh, trying to get our calves to grow, mm. um, and those were just body parts that That's right. him and I had neglected for a long time, or they just didn't grow like they like the rest of our body, and so we started seeing how much we could make our calves grow. And man, when I did the BFR, I saw a good quarter inch come on my calves real quick. No, I, I think the reason why we stopped talking about it so much was kind of similar to the fasting thing. It's like we, you know, we wanted to introduce us or introduce introduce our audience to it when it was first coming out, when the science was just getting revealed. Kind of, and we were learning about it ourselves. We were testing it on ourselves. We were very fascinated by what we had seen, and so then we introduced it with this guide and then and we also at the same time called what we were going to see which was this you know everybody now turning it into like this another way to market yeah, the new so, modalities yeah and it's not and and, and it doesn't replace regular work no it doesn't and what what i noticed was if i train my program exactly the same how i always train my in my calves but then i introduced that the bfr in addition to what i stayed consistent with then i saw great results if i started going well i I didn't train my calves like I normally would on Tuesday, but I'll just do BFR, you know, and and then that would replace it. Like no, then I saw my I started to see my calves dip back down. So I had to keep the same amount of volume of training on my calves to maintain the size they were at. And then when I added the BFR, it was like. And what's cool about it is it's so easy. I mean, and you know, doing calves a great great example is I would I would tie off and uh, use my stairs and just my body weight. Because with with calves like that, I mean that's mm-hmm. I'm only I'm not sta- I wouldn't be able to stack very much on my shoulders anyways, or I could hold. I think I, I got up to like holding like a twenty pound, you know. Dumbbell. Well, it's also a valid way to rehab. That's right? the best so, application. So that's why. So that's why how it started. Yeah, it started that way, and and I believe you see a lot of. Uh, I think it started in NHL. It's made its way to NBA now. Now all all professional teams use this. It's flat. It's protocol. I mean, if you get you tear an ACL now, Achilles, things like that, like you're using blood. It may, just makes total sense because what you used to have to wait, like a major injury on like a, a your ACL, MCL, whatever. If you had something go like that, you had to wait until it was like fully, fully healed before you're doing any sort of quad training or calf training or anything sur- surrounding that joint because you wouldn't want to re-injure it. Well, what's cool about doing the blood occlusion is you're doing such a light load, the risk for re-injuring it is really, really low. But you get the muscle building. But you get the muscle building benefit. benefit. So it would it allows athletes, and I, I use, I've used this stuff with the Achilles stuff. I've used it with my knee. So I've already used it multiple times injuries. I have clients I've already used it on for those purposes. Well, it's a lot like, I mean, a comparison for me has been isometrics and why I got so vested in that because it's such a valid technique, but it applies to like certain like 
aspects like that. Rehab, great, awesome. You know, like certain performance hacks, great, awesome. Yeah. You know, but it's like it's one of those things that you want to introduce and bring in intermittently, but it's not it's not going to replace right. like heavyweight training. And that's why I think we stopped talking about yeah. it very much. Yeah. We didn't want to send that message that it was no. like BFR is like the yeah. fucking amazing. And you can overdo it. I did. I overdid it. I yeah. started doing BFR trigger sessions. So when you know, I would do the MAPS anabolic protocol of trigger sessions. And I thought, wow, why don't I just occlude my arms every time I do these trigger sessions? I should get better gains. And I actually started to feel the symptoms of overtraining. So you can also overdo this. Hmm. Um, but I think rehab is its best application. And if you're advanced, this is not something I would have somebody do totally if they're not, not. working out totally consistently. Not. I was not. I was up to five days a week of training my calves already. Right. So I'd built a, a strength training, normal, normal training, straight, straight sets. And then I was starting to t tack that on a couple times a week. Yep. Now, what they're trying to do is sell these bands mm. that are supposed to be great for using- Fucking knee wraps. Just use knee wraps that have a, a, <laughs> a, a Velcro closing so you can close them real easily. Yeah. I found knee wraps to be superior because there's the, the wide circumference, the, the wide- uh, uh, Right. You don't want those, yeah, you don't want those thin ones. No, the thin straps cut off too much and it, it doesn't do as effective yeah, as a job. Pinches. Yeah. yeah, when I used the knee wraps, that was the best, and especially the one with the loop where you can put the knee wrap a loop through the arm and then just it's velcro at the end and you tie it off and boom you're done i actually did a video on this i believe i did a video with uh what's that dude's name that youtube guy that came to visit with us juju mufu no not juju oh. mufu uh what's his name keto uh what's his name oh you did that on his channel i did did i do it on his, his channel yeah you did it on his channel that was uh brandon carter there you go. Brandon yeah. Carter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did a whole video of, uh, of BFR on his channel um, where we kind of showed it to his audience. But it's a, it is a, a new technique, relatively new. It definitely does work. Doesn't replace regular workouts. If you're advanced and you're already working out consistently and you're just looking for every little hack to maximize your gains, give it a shot. Here's the thing, though. It only really works on your extremities. They do say that there's this kind of carryover effect to the other parts of the body. I have yet to see it. It's, so it's really good for arms. Um, and legs, including the calves. You can't really do it for your chest, your back, or your glutes. Next question is from Justin Azzi. What are some accountability practices, tools, and methods you guys use to keep clients motivated and on track? This is why, um, and I know this is hard because I, I get pushed back with the, tra the new trainers, and I get it because it's tough at the beginning to be like, um, you know, when you're trying to build your business and you, you just take every client, right? You take people that you probably know damn well are not going to stick to it and are, are you know going to fall off, but you need business. You're trying to grow your business. But you eventually want to get to a place where these types of conversations are had before you, you run into it. Like I would, I would tell clients, like, you know, we're going to do these things because the majority of people, and I want to say that because I don't want to single them out and make them feel like they're lazy or they're going to fail, but most people have a really hard time staying accountable to X, Y, Z, whatever that is. And the the more or the longer I had become a trainer, the less I actually did as a trainer and the more responsibility I learned to put on the client. And what I realized was the people that were willing to take on that responsibility and to do those things were the same ones that always got the results. And the ones that weren't willing to even take on the responsibility of tracking for themselves or paying attention to the things I'm telling them to pay attention to those are the fucking ones that never get the results. Mm -hmm. And I would I would tell that into a presentation on the very first time sitting down. I was like, I would tell the person, these are there's two types of people I take on as clients. The ones that see the results, the ones that don't. Let me tell you who the ones that do are. 
And then I would lay that out for them. So then when I turn around, I say, so these are the things I need from you. I need you to weigh your food. I need you to, to, to get on the scale. I need you to track your water. And I expect those things. Because if you really are that serious about what you want to do and you want all of my expertise, then fuck, if you give me all the information, you provide all the information for you, I can give you a lot of fucking knowledge. But if you come to me every day and say, oh, I think I did this and I kind of did that and yeah, I, 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 I'm sure I was under this or oh yeah, I'll remember to get on the scale next week. It's like, you, I can't help you. Yeah, it's not your your job uh, to be to hold people accountable, or at least uh, if you think that's your job, it's not going to be a very effective. You're not going to be a very effective personal trainer. No. Uh, the key is not to be the trainer that's calling people. And I used to do. I did this early on. I'd call people. Hey, what did you eat yesterday? You know, I know we're not working out today, but what are you eating? You know, hey, what's going on? Did you do your cardio? You know, yeah. kind of staying on top of people. That's not going to work long term. Obviously, it just doesn't work. Your job as a trainer, if you want to be successful, is to be an effective guide. Your mm -hmm. job is to be a maven of information You're the and a guide and to also walk this person through their process of modifying and changing their behaviors permanently, permanent change, real change. That happens slow. And, and, and so your, your job really as a trainer is to communicate that to people and to say to them, okay, because here's, here's the bigger challenge. What's really going to happen is it's more often than not, you're going to get a client that comes to you gung-ho and says, I'm ready to do, I'm ready to change everything all at once right now. That's what they're going to say to you. Okay, give me your diet. Give me a diet. Give me my workouts. I'm going to lose this weight. It's going to be great. That's the, 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 the more often than not client that you're going to get. Your job is to explain to them, look, I'm glad you're excited and pumped up and motivated that's going to help us a lot. In my experience as a trainer, and I've trained lots of people, um, what works the best is if we tackle one small thing at a time. We tackle something that you think you can do realistically and that you think you can stick to forever. And we'll do that first. And once you do that and you do it consistently and it becomes a part of your life to the point where you're never going to go back to the old way again, then we move on to the next one. And, and it doesn't matter how long it takes you. However long it takes you is however long it takes you because the goal here is permanent change. That's your job as a personal trainer. Your job is not to hover over them and watch what they're doing and 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 talk to them about why they screwed up and why did they eat that. No, because then it's too much about you. Then you turn yeah. into just like all these mo these motivational turds on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you. That's that's all your whole business exactly. is built. Your whole business is built around fucking being a rah rah cheerleader. That yeah. shit will get old so fast. There's, you, you know the people that works for people who are already like super self motivated. Like you, yeah. if you're a rah rah inspiring type person and use and I met you when I was 19 years old, that would have worked on me. But I was I didn't I was already like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The average person that'll work for a very short period of time and then they're gone. Not to mention when someone hires you as a trainer, like it, that's like fuck. It's school. This is school time. This yeah. is you paying me for all the all the knowledge, all the experience, all the shit that I've learned over all these years. You're paying me to take you through school in a crash course. So I need as much information from you as possible for me to, to, to send you off with as much knowledge as possible. This is, it, this is just as ridiculous as this analogy I'm going to give you. Imagine if you went to a kung fu master in China. You went to a Shaolin monk who'd been studying kung fu for, for 40 years. And you said to him, I'm ready to be a kung fu master. I want to be one in three months. He's going to fucking laugh at you because the practices it takes to become a master takes a very, very long, long, slow time and it's work. No different than taking someone who's never worked out, who has no idea, 
what their macros or calories look like, doesn't even know what's good for them in terms of nutrition, just kind of thinks they know what's good but really doesn't have any idea. It's no different than taking that person from there yeah. to a point where you know, fitness and health and wellness is now just a part of their life. Yeah, and all that said, what you can do is be consistent is be there, be scheduled, be yeah. regimented, right. be on top of your shit every single time, be the most professional, uh, you know. You want to be the rock. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the rock. You, you never change. You're unwavering. No, that's, that's a very good point. The consistency on your part, even down to like laying your program out. Another, re, another thing that I always tell trainers that listen to the show and, and ask these types of questions will be talk. I talk, I, this is the type of stuff I talk on my DM a lot with is, we laid the blueprints out so you can become more of a professional trainer. I mean, really, this it's designed, one, so the consumer can pick up the program, learn and read from it. But really, we've built all these skeletal programs for trainers to lay out the same way that I would coach my trainers that worked for me for many years. It's like, listen, when you have a client, you have established what their adaptation goal is, what they want to do. You, you're, they, they've only signed with you for 12 sessions, which only gets me through about a month or a month and a half. But I know I need them for three, four or five months. Lay your program out for that way. So you, you know what types of workouts you want to do over the next three, four, five, six months. That's a great way to set them up resign-wise, plus they forecast so they know what's coming ahead of them. Mm -hmm. You be this consistent person, it's a lot easier for you to hold them accountable when they, they've they been told from you that, oh, next week you're doing your foundational day, yeah. and then you've got this, then you've got that. Oh, then you, you all didn't make it? Well, I was there. Right. Yeah, you know what's funny, too, is uh, early on when I first became a trainer, I, my goal was like, I'm going to get them to lose that 30 pounds just like they want. I'm going to give them a meal plan. I'm going to motivate them. I'm going to inspire them. I'm going to hold them accountable. And I would get clients that would lose weight and stuff like that. Later on, I understood it's a slow process. I understood uh, that these are behavioral changes. The irony is when I understood that later on, I kept clients for 10 years, 15 years. Now, the way it would look is like this. Client would start with me right now. We're going to train three days a week. At some point, I start to notice that they're more consistent with things on their own. They're doing better. Then when I have a con then I'll have a conversation with them and I'd say something like, Susan, you're you looks like you're kicking ass. You're doing stuff on your own. It's been six months. Like your nutrition's starting to look better. I don't think I need to train you three days a week anymore. I think two days a week will be fine. Awesome. Then she hires me for two days a week. Then we do that for a while. Eventually, over the course of the years, I had I had a ton of clients that I would train once every other week or once a month. And they were doing the rest of it on their own. And the funny thing is, I don't train these people anymore. We're talking four years later, and these clients, they're all consistent. They have made these, these are lifestyle changes that they've made, and these are permanent changes. And I'm talking about people who did not work out when they came and hired me. That's success as a personal trainer, and it does not come from being the person to hold them accountable. It comes from guiding people, guiding them the right way, and letting, it, letting them be okay with the fact that it takes time, because a lot of times the clients themselves are like, hey, uh, I'm not getting to my goal as fast as I want, and you can sit them down and be like, that's okay. It's not time yet. It's taking some time. Here's what you've already done. You've been consistent twice a week with me. Looks like you're drinking more water. Your sleep's better. We're already winning on some things. I know you want to lose the weight, but we know what that takes. It doesn't seem like you're ready for it. That's how I would have conversations with clients. Sometimes I would actually get people to get their ass moving. Sometimes they'd be like, oh, okay. He says, I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm going to show him or whatever, and it would work. Next question is from Looney Moment. 
at what age do you think your sons will overtake you in strength? Do you hope it happens sooner rather than later? Oh man, <laughs> that's funny. I re- I remember never. The, I remember the day I realized that I was stronger than my dad, or at least I could beat him. Oh yeah, we something. talked about this. Yeah, yeah we were we, we used to grapple in my, my our living room. We'd move the couches aside, and we had this carpet, and we we'd wrestle, and he'd always kick my ass. And as I got older and stronger and lifted weights and practiced judo, I got better and better. And I think I was probably. 18 or 19 and by this point I was already pretty strong um, I was a personal trainer already and I got him on an ankle lock yeah. and I caught him good and I started I cranked on it and he didn't want to tap out and he tried to roll and I cranked harder and I popped his ankle oh you actually <laughs> and I let him. go yeah I let go real oh, fast man. and he stopped and then you know he had to kind of wrap his ankle and he and we, it was a weird <laughs> fucking vibe I bet it was because he knew and I knew that I I got him and I don't like the feeling. I was like, oh man, I beat my dad. And then after that, I never did. I never went crazy hard against him again. Um, and it was a very strange feeling just because I respected him so much. Yeah, you know? no, I remember I told that story of when I was wrestling with my dad and he used to just like use all of his body mass to like just smother me. And I couldn't even move because, I mean, he's 6'7", like, he was, like, 250, 260, you know? And so he's just, like, just, like, all of his weight on me. And, you know, and then there's that moment where I finally, like, I've been lifting weights like crazy, just, like, motivated, you know, over the summer trying to get ready for football. And I was able to to just sort of buck him off and then just turn him and I, like, pushed him up and off me and he just had this look on his face like of pure surprise and, <laughs> and like he never even would have thought that would happen i honestly this makes me want to like interview him like or like today i'm gonna ask him like what he thought you know because i'm sure he remembers that because for me i don't he's, know what gonna that's den- gonna feel like he's gonna deny it he's like nah, yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can't even picture that because it's like i wrestle with the kids like simultaneously and i'm like you know, I'm like pushing this one over here. I'm throwing this one over here. And I'm like, I always got a good handle on it. But there's going to be a day, you know, where they're going to like grab my arm and like twist behind my back and I'm going to like squeal or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I think it's going to happen. Well, it depends on if our sons really get into hard. Because I was into. Yeah, the they got a, they got an uphill battle for them. Yeah, because I, mean, because I train. I'm never going to stop. Oh, I'm not going to stop, dude. That's, but that's if, motivating. If my son starts training and he takes it seriously like I did. Um, I have to anticipate by the time he's in his 20s, I'm going to be at that point in my 50s, he's probably going to gonna have an upper hand, I would imagine. Now, if we were to wrestle, I'll probably have an upper hand just because I, I did jiu-jitsu for six years and he didn't. But I don't know. It'll probably be around his 20s. Now, if he doesn't lift weights... It's gonna be a lot longer than that because I'm gonna keep training, you know. Yeah, that's how I see. You figure I got Max, who's who's yeah. gonna be born just this year. So, twenty years you from got now, some time. yeah, twenty years from now, he'll be fifty-eight or whatever. Yeah, fifty-eight. That's probably his best shot. Is he starts at like fifteen years old and it goes ham till twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his, and that would be the. And I'm almost sixty at that point. Yeah, right? but you might be all geared up at sixty. Yeah, right? oh, sure. <laughs> That's not even a question. You know what I'm yeah, sure. I'm, so he's still going to have, but I mean, still, I'm going to be, I already know how I'll probably be lifting at that age in comparison yeah. to probably the, the things I probably, the same way you start to like tailor off of like how I snowboard now. Like I don't do anything I used to do because I know the risk versus reward <laughs> out there. So I'm sure I won't be trying to deadlift no five, 600 pounds anymore. Like when I'm almost 60, right? I'll yeah. deadlift, but it'll probably be more modest, you know? Yeah, so you start picking. Contest that you know you can win at. What yeah. it's like my dad to this day, my dad's very competitive. Till this day, he's sixty-one now, and till this day he'll start. He'll fuck with my brother and I, and my brother's even bigger than I am. But my dad's hands 
they're just made out of a different they're not even human tissue i don't know what they're made out of he's been working with his hands since he was a child so his fingers are just like made out of cement and so he does this thing where he makes us hook fingers like this and then we twist and the other guy has to give up well just hooking around his big ass finger alone is difficult and then he squeezes and twists and so till this day he probably could fuck with us, and so that's what he tries to do with us. So I know what he does. And what he does is he picks the he picks the battles. Yeah. Did I tell you guys about that's the time? That's kind of what you got to do. Did I tell you about when my 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 brother was? I want to say my brother was seventeen, and he uh, we were all driving to, or I wasn't with them, but they were all driving up to Sacramento to visit family, and my brother wanted to take his own car. So my brother, I don't remember what car he was driving at the time. He had some little rice rocket all souped up, and my dad had his his Acura. And, you know, he was with my mom and my brother was in his own car and they were driving up to uh, Sacramento. And uh, my, my brother and my dad started racing and my mom's fucking yelling, screaming, but, you know, she can't stop my dad. So they're racing up the freeway up to, uh, up to Sacramento and they both get pulled over and get a ticket. So my dad's, my dad, no, my dad's, the cop was like, wait a minute, that's your son? He's 17 and you're racing him? You're a fucking terrible example. What are you doing? <laughs> so he got a ticket racing my dad. And it's like nobody could get mad at my brother because, <laughs> you know? So my dad's the one that got in trouble for that shit. Oh, but I can, I can see stuff like that, you know? My, I know my son now could kick my ass at certain things. Like, uh, I won't play chess against him. He'll bury me no problem oh wow he's that much better yeah dude wow now see how you how did you let that happen because, because I, can, I never play chess and oh, my okay. son was on the chess because i say i i play i've played chess. i'm not great but i play chess and so i want to stay higher i want to say better than my son for oh, sure yeah. no 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 my, my boy can already kill me and then what we else have this, can get you up? we have this game called mm. uh i think it's called uh Rumi cube Rummy cube i told you guys about this uh-huh. and it's a numbers game well my son's a fucking wizard when it comes to math, and, and I'm not, I never have been. So we're doing this, and this this shit comes out, and he does like ten steps. I won, and so he starts talking shit to me now. So he's won like three times, and I've won once, and so now he talks shit, and he's like, "Can we just end the game? We already know I'm gonna win." Like he does stuff like that. But here's what I have. You want to slap him? Well, here's where I have the advantage. I have the advantage of being older, and I can handle shit talk. Yeah. He's only 13. I know he can't handle shit talk. Yeah. So I'm waiting for when I win. And so this happened the other night. I won and I was relentless. I was just talking shit all night, just relentless. He was so mad at me. He didn't want to talk to me all night. And I, had to, I had to take him aside and I'm like, listen, I'm like, you got to be able to handle that, dude. I'm like, that's what's going to happen. You're going to go to high school, college. Like, dudes are going to talk crap. Yeah, especially like, if you talk yeah, shit. Come on, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, take it. Man. Yeah, dish so, it out. That's but it, it's it's fun, dude. I, I, there's a there's a passing of the torch moment. I think with your kid, it's certain. You it's know, it's certain it's, it's almost inevitable. I guess the only way that it, it's not is because I don't see any of us slowing down as far as I mean stopping training. So we continue to train, and I can't. The, the my son would have to be like really dedicated for 10 years of lifting to even have a shot right yeah because i'm stronger today than i i mean at 30 at 37 going on 38 i'm stronger than i was at 25 right yeah. so i mean and a lot of that is just from years and years and years and years of, of consistent training it takes a long time i feel like though i definitely feel like they're going to be gunning for it because already <laughs> they're competitive with me with food like they're, they're, they're trying to like take all the meat you know they're trying to take all the bacon they're, they're <laughs> They're like you know, Maddie is, dude. He's dude like, he's they like, want they want my seat. He's like, at, seriously, at, at the kitchen table. It's my seat. 
you know, and they're they're all like both on there, like trying to, ha, 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 you know, like I'm like get out of my seat. Yeah. But uh, they do that stuff all the time because they know, like, you know, it makes me like <laughs> flip my handle. You know. You know what's bit. what's great about that? My grandfather, when we were kids, well, he was it, like though. that. He was like that with us too when we were kids and teenagers. My grandfather would fuck with us, but you know, he was obviously my grandfather, so he's older. And I'll never forget this one time. My cousin and I were probably 17 or 18 years old, so we're kind of like these big, you know, teenagers by this point. And we're, we went over to my grandparents' house to say hi. And my grandfather, by this point, now he's old or whatever. We go inside, and my grandfather comes inside and says that some kids, he goes, there was just some guys stealing some of my oranges, and I tried to tell them to stop, and they threw one of the oranges at me. And my cousin and I fucking book it outside trying to find these dudes, right? He was so proud. He was <laughs> he was so proud that his grandsons were, you know, doing that. So I hope there's a moment like that with my boy, you know, where I'm like, I can't lift that, and he does it for me. I'll be like, that's my boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Thanks, pal. Anyway, look, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all free. We have guides on building your arms, your legs, your core. We have fat loss guides, muscle building guides, squat heavy guides. We even have guides for personal trainers to teach them how to become successful personal trainers. You can find all of these things at mindpumpfree.com. Also, you can find us all on Instagram. We have our own individual pages. Justin's page is Mind Pump Justin. Adam's page is Mind Pump Adam. And my page Mind Pumps out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>